It's Monday, January the 10th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, catch up, pessimism about Ukraine talks, and new responses to stem Omicron. First, the world in brief. Jens Stoltenberg, the Secretary-General of NATO, said that the alliance was prepared for, quote, a new armed conflict in Europe, should talks with Russia fail. Officials from Russia will meet representatives of America, NATO and the Organisation for Security and Cooperation in Europe this week, in an effort to ease tensions over Ukraine. On Sunday, Russia's Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Ryabkov said it would be, quote, naive to expect progress at the talks. Antony Blinken, America's Secretary of State, said he did not expect, quote, any breakthrough. Mass testing began of the 14 million residents of Tianjin, a city near China's capital Beijing, after a score of COVID-19 cases, including two involving the Omicron variant, were discovered. With the Winter Olympics starting in early February, China is continuing its zero-COVID policy. In India, where cases are rocketing, several states reimposed restrictions and the Election Commission banned public rallies for a week. In Britain, the government urged all pregnant women to get jabbed, saying vaccinations pose no risks to them. Sri Lanka appealed to China to reschedule its mammoth debt repayments as it looks for a way out of a financial crisis. Sri Lanka has borrowed more than $5 billion from China over the past decade, mostly to fund infrastructure projects. It had only around $1.5 billion of foreign reserves in November. The pandemic has hammered the island's tourism-dependent economy. Over 160 people were killed during recent anti-government protests in Kazakhstan, according to the Health Ministry, a toll considerably higher than previously reported. Most deaths were in Almaty, Kazakhstan's largest city, where protesters stormed government buildings and briefly occupied the airport. The president's office said that 5,800 people had been arrested. Iraq's new parliament met for the first time since elections in October. Its commencement was delayed by an appeal, rejected by the country's highest court in December, to nullify the victory of Moqtada al-Sada, a cleric come militiaman. Legislators will begin the protracted horse trading between rival groups needed to produce agreement on a prime minister and president. Britain's Foreign Secretary Liz Truss signalled her readiness to suspend part of the Brexit deal with the European Union should forthcoming talks with the European Commission fail. Writing in the Sunday Telegraph, Britain's chief negotiator said she was willing to break the agreement to protect, quote, peace and stability in Northern Ireland. Maras Sevkovic, the European Commission's vice president, had warned in December that such a move would endanger that peace. An Australian court turned down the government's request to postpone Novak Djokovic's deportation hearing. The tennis star, who travelled to the country to play in the Australian Open, was confined to a quarantine hotel because he is unvaccinated. Mr Djokovic, who is opposed to vaccination, insists that having contracted COVID-19 previously exempts him from needing the jab. The government disagrees. And figure of the day. 257. 
the number of footballers in the German Bundesliga and Italian Serie A who were reported as having COVID-19 through to July 2021. And now, here's today's agenda. Talking to Vladimir Putin When one side comes to a negotiating table, armed and clenching a list of extravagant demands, things are likely to prove tense. Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, has done just that. With Russian troops massed on the Ukraine-Russia border, a week of talks is set to take place. American and Russian officials meet on Monday, followed by NATO-Russia Council talks two days later, and then a summit between Russia and representatives of the Organisation for Security and Cooperation in Europe on Thursday. What Mr Putin has asked for is so excessive as to raise the suspicion that his requests are designed to be rejected, giving Mr Putin a pretext to invade Ukraine. Antony Blinken, America's Secretary of State, has already rejected some. But a favourable outcome may be possible if negotiators are deft. And Mr Putin's bellicose approach may backfire. His invasion of Ukraine in 2014 united NATO and gave it new purpose. Another invasion could steal Western countries' resolve and push more, such as Finland and Sweden, to join the alliance. Nicaragua's isolated president Nicaraguans have had little to celebrate when Daniel Ortega is sworn in for his fourth consecutive term on Monday. The president is leading the country into increasing isolation. Dozens of countries refuse to recognise the result of elections in November. That is hardly surprising. They were already wary after the regime's harsh crackdown on protesters in 2018. Then, pre-election, Mr Ortega jailed or forced into exile most of his opponents and put pressure on people to vote for him. Latin American leaders are divided on whether to condemn this behaviour. The United States and other countries have put sanction on regime officials and could add more. Mr Ortega and Rosario Murillo, his wife, vice president and likely successor, may not care. Similarly minded regimes such as Cuba and Russia support them. China reopened its embassy in Managua, Nicaragua's capital, after Miss Otega cut diplomatic ties with Taiwan. He will take whatever friends he can get to stay in power. Evergrande's woes continue. The outlook for Evergrande is darkening by the day. The Chinese property developer was set to meet creditors at the weekend to ask for an extension on a 4.5 billion yuan, $157 million bond. The group has about $300 billion in liabilities, making it the most indebted real estate company in the world. Failure to convince bondholders in China to give Evergrande extra time would add to its growing list of problems. It defaulted on a dollar-denominated bond in December, sending ripples through the offshore bond market. On January 3rd, the company halted the trading of its shares in Hong Kong when officials in the city of Danzhou in Hainan province ordered it to demolish 39 residential towers that may have been built illegally. 
Investors already expect Evergrande to face major restructuring, both onshore and offshore. Tearing down projects instead of building new ones reflects poorly on the company's ability to bring in cash and pay creditors. An increase in the supply of agreement. That economists disagree is hardly news. Disagreement justifies papers, and papers make the academic world go round. But a recent study by Doris Geed Stevenson and Alvaro Paraperez of Weber State University suggests this might be changing. Assessing the most recent survey of members of the American Economic Association conducted roughly once a decade, they found that consensus has significantly increased. There was strong agreement on about a third of the propositions in the latest survey, compared with around 15% in 2011 and less than 10% in 1990. Those who wholly or somewhat supported more equal income distribution in America rose from 68% in 2000 to 86% in 2020 to 21. Fully 85% thought corporate power was too concentrated. Support for antitrust policy and financial activism increased. And most agreed that climate change is a big economic risk. Some subjects, such as the consequences of lowering taxes on income and on capital gains, remain contentious. Journal publishers need not panic yet. Djokovic's Fault Novak Djokovic should have been preparing his bid for an unprecedented 21st Grand Slam title. A win at the Australian Open, which starts on January 17th, would have put him ahead of his great rivals, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. Instead, he is preparing his court case. A committed anti-vaxxer, Mr Djokovic received a medical exemption from the Victorian state government to compete. The federal government, however, rejected his visa application when he arrived on January 5th. He has since been holed up in an immigration detention hotel reputed for its poor treatment of refugees and asylum seekers. Mr Djokovic insists that having contracted Covid in December makes him exempt. The federal government says that that is only true for residents. A court hearing scheduled for Monday should determine Mr Djokovic's fate. If he loses, he faces deportation. That would mean waiting a little longer for a shot at a 21st title. Winter Quiz, Week 5. The battle with our baristas grinds on. As in previous weeks, we'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Monday. Which singer and pianist had hits such as My Life and Uptown Girl? Finally, here's the quote of the day from David Bowie, who died on this day in 2016. Never play to the gallery. 
That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.